0: Here is my reality reflection for today. Many of you may or may not know that Mary's month is May, the Blessed Mother, the Mother of God. We celebrate her in the church in the month of May. And I've been doing a lot of diving into Mary because I'm feeling myself pull toward her for her help, for her guidance, for her intercession. To help me become holier and one of the things that I started looking at was Our Lady of Sorrows there are a lot of different titles for Mary Mary has appeared so many times in the world to help lead us to her son there's a lot of popular titles one being Our Lady of Fatima the Immaculate Heart of Mary Our Lady of the Rosary Our Lady of Lords Queen of Heaven the Immaculate Conception, Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is a very intimate apparition and and appearance of Our Lady because on that feast day, she took me to her son when I was consecrating myself to Jesus through her and healed me of a drug addiction that I had for over 20 years. So Mary's done a lot in my life and I'm going to tell you I struggled to come to her, but I knew that every saint had a devotion to Mary. I knew that in order to be holy, I needed her help. And I knew that she was the quickest way to her son. That's her role is to bring us to her son. She also was the mother of the disciples. She's our mother. Jesus gave her to us on the cross as he died, giving us her, his mother for us. And so, the more I research and the more I understand her role, and I know that only holy people have a devotion to her, and we don't worship her. A devotion is a love for her. Nobody's going to love Mary more than God. God has chosen her to be the new covenant, not only just the body that gave birth to Jesus, but who raised him, who was there every moment and who helped start his church, right? To help the disciples during the time before the um, Holy Spirit came down. That's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, she has been the guider, the leader, and the mother of the church and of God. And she's our mother. So just keep asking if you don't have this feeling or devotion toward Mary, just keep asking Jesus to give you the heart to love her like he does. There's no way any person will ever love Mary more than Jesus does. And there's no harm. Jesus isn't going to be jealous of us going to Mary and loving her because he loves her more than us. As a matter of fact, he's honored when we do, and he knows how she's going to be there to help us. Okay, so let's let's chat a little bit about this. Did you know that during Fatima on October thirteenth, 1917, During the miracle of the sun, Mary came not only as Our Lady of the Rosary and Our Lady of Mount Carmel, so if you think about it, she came with the rosary and the brown scapular in her hands, but she also came as Our Lady of Sorrows. And Our Lady of Sorrows is tied to the feast day of the exaltation of the Holy Cross, so September 14th is the exaltation of the Holy Cross, and that's a day where we, you know, think about the cross and Jesus dying on the cross for our salvation. The day after is Our Lady of Sorrows. So those two, there's a huge connection there. And it's been around the Our Lady of Sorrows devotion has been around for centuries, It's beyond the prayers of the seven sorrows because there are seven promises and Jesus added another four. So let me talk to you a little bit about these because this might be something that you want to begin. Because I think we need to honor Our Lady for all that she did, for her, you know, immaculate heart, for her sinless, virgin like humility and life that we are supposed to be imitating. We owe her so much. So let me just get into a little bit about how this devotion began, in case you're curious. So St. Helen discovered Christ's true cross on Calvary. So that feast became prominent in the West in the 7th century, after the true cross was rescued from the pagans who took it from Jerusalem in 627, year 627. So in the 4th century as well, Ephraim the Syrian and St. Ambrose celebrated and venerated Mary's sorrows and compassion. So during that same time when they established the um, exaltation of the cross, there was already devotion to Mary's compassion and sorrows during the Passion of Jesus. So in 1239, the sorrows of Mary Standing under the cross became the main devotion of the new order called the Servants of Mary or the Servites. So, I'm going to reference um, St. Alphonsus Liguori's book, The Glories of Mary, and it really dives into um, Mary and Our Lady of Sorrows. So, he explains that Our Lady Mary appeared to seven of her servants with a black garment in her hand and told them that if they wished to please her, they should often meditate upon her sorrows. So there you go. That's where the seven sorrows came. And the founder of the servants of Mary, the Servites, were these seven men. Okay, so the Holy See granted the feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. And centuries later, they placed the Our Lady of Sorrows on the Roman calendar. So September 14th, exaltation of the cross, the day after, the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. What are the seven sorrows? It's the prophecy of Simeon, the flight into Egypt, the loss of Jesus for three days in the temple, meeting Jesus on his way to Calvary, Jesus' crucifixion and death of Jesus, Jesus taken down from the cross, and Jesus laid in the tomb. So, if we go back to that book by Saint Alphonsus Liguori, the Glories of Mary, he goes into great detail about all of those um, seven sorrows, and he he dives into the quotes uh, and ideas and and understandings into Mary's sorrows by many many saints. Okay. The promises of Our Lady. So our Blessed Mother revealed these seven promises to St. Bridget of Sweden in the 14th century. She said she would give everyone these graces who honored her daily by saying seven Hail Marys while meditating on her tears and sorrows. These promises are beautiful. First, first one, I will grant peace to their families. They will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. I will console them in their pains, and I will accompany them in their work. I will give them as much as they ask for, as long as it does not oppose the adorable will of my divine Son or the sanctification of their souls. I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy, and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. The last one, I have obtained this grace from my divine son, so that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and sorrows will be taken directly from this earthly life into eternal happiness, since all their sins will be forgiven, and my son will be their eternal consolation and joy. Wow. Wow. Okay, now there are promises of Jesus. So again, back to St. Alphonsus's book, you can read more, The Glories of Mary. He goes into the four promises that Jesus made for those who were devoted to his mother's sorrows. So he um, says that St. Elizabeth of Hungary, in her revelation, her private revelation, it says that after she said, that after the assumption of the Blessed Virgin into heaven, St. John the Evangelist desired to see her again. The favor was granted to him, his dear mother appeared to him, and with her, Jesus also appeared. Then the saint heard Mary ask her son to grant some special grace to all those who are devoted to her sorrows, and Jesus promised her four principal Ah, graces. Here we go. The first one that those who before death invoke the Divine Mother in the name of her sorrows should obtain true repentance of all their sins. Second, that He would protect all who have this devotion in their tribulations and that He would protect them especially at the hour of death. Three, that he would impress upon their minds the remembrance of his passion, and that they should have their reward for it in heaven. And four, that he would commit such devout clients to the hands of Mary, with the power to dispose of them in whatever manner she might please, and to obtain for them all the graces she might desire. Wow. Wow. This is intense. This is an intense devotion. So here's a couple more things that I'll get to, and then I'll wrap up here. But um, there's many, many saints who have devotion to Mary and many who have a devotion to her sorrows, because most saints also meditated on the passion of Jesus. The holier you get, the closer you get to his wounds and to his precious blood and his suffering. And you begin to suffer and want suffering to to align yourself with Jesus. So let's see. And again, these are in the book of St. Alphonsus Liguori, uh, The Glories of Mary. All right, let's see. St. Bernadine said that if all the sorrows of the world were united, they would never equal that of the glorious Virgin Mary. She has a sea of grief at the Passion. St. Bonaventure asks this of mary O lady where art thou near the cross no rather thou, thou art on the cross crucified sacrificing with thy son and mary even told saint bridget that even after jesus's death and ascension into heaven whether she was working or eating the memory of his passion was deeply imprinted and always on her tender heart. So an angel came to St. Bridget and told her, "'As the rose grows up amongst the thorns, "'so the mother of God advanced in years in the midst of sufferings, "'and as the thorns increase with the growth of the rose,' so also did the thorns of her sorrow increase in Mary, the chosen rose of the Lord, as she advanced in age, and so much more deeply did they pierce her heart. So the older she got, the more pain she felt for the world, who were basically ignoring her as the mother of God and turning away from her son. The angel also told St. Bridget. That Mary was so merciful and kind, she was willing to suffer any pain, rather than to see souls unredeemed or left in their former perdition. It may be said that this was the only consolation of Mary in the midst of her great sorrow at the passion of her son, to see the lost world redeemed by his death, and men who were his enemies reconciled with God. But unfortunately, Mary complained to St. Bridget that few pitied her and most lived forgetting her sorrows. I look around upon all who are in the world, if by chance there may be any to pity me and meditate upon my sorrows, and I truly find very few. Therefore, my daughter, though I am forgotten by many, at least do not thou forget me. Behold my anguish and imitate as far as thou canst my grief. So this is really what the saints did. They meditated on the suffering of Jesus. And when we look to Mary and we think about, think about how much more her grief was as the mother of God, the pure virgin, the one who raised Jesus, the one who knew, the one who lived with God in her. Think about her sorrow in comparison to ours. So we should really meditate on the pain and anguish that she went through. All right, let's go back to that Fatima connection and Sister Lucia. Sister Lucia is the longest living visionary of the children. The other two died at a pretty early age. And uh, Sister Lucia passed away in 2005. So she has a book named Calls from the Message of Fatima. And she makes this connection Um, Of Mary to the cross. She says, Mary made one with Christ and is the co-redemptrix of the human race. So Sister Lucia explains how at Calvary she suffered and agonized with him, receiving into her immaculate heart the last sufferings of Christ, his last words, his last agony, and the last drops of his blood in order to offer them to the Father. Sister Lucia says, in her own interpretation of the vision of Our Lady of Sorrows, she says, God wishes to show the value of suffering, sacrifices, and immolation for the sake of love. In the world of today, hardly anyone wants to hear these truths, such as the extent to which people are living in search of pleasure, of empty worldly happiness, and exaggerated comfort. But the more one flees from suffering, the more we find ourselves immersed in a sea of afflictions, disappointments, and suffering. Okay, so how do we console our Blessed Mother? Again, Fatima has the answers. So during the July 13th apparition, Our Lady told the children, And mark this point in the podcast so you can write this down and put this in your wallet, put it in your pocket, put it somewhere, so that when you actually make sacrifices in your life and you offer them up, you can say these three things. So Our Lady told the three children, make sacrifices for sinners and say often, especially while making a sacrifice, O oh, Jesus, this is for love of Thee, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for offenses committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Let me repeat that. When you make sacrifices for sinners, say this while making the sacrifice. O oh, Jesus, this is for the love of You, for the conversion of sinners and in reparation for offenses committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Don't forget, do the five Saturday devotions. Scroll back in in my uh, podcasts. I talk about the first Friday and the first Saturday devotions, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And one last thing, Our Lady and Jesus appeared in the convent to St. Lucia in Spain, And she describes the visit. These are two kind of important last points. So Jesus said to Sister Lucia, or Lucia, however you pronounce it, have compassion on the heart of your most holy mother, covered with thorns, with which ungrateful men pierce it at every moment. And there is no one to make an act of reparation to remove them. Then the Blessed Mary said to Lucia, sister Lucia, look, my daughter, at my heart, surrounded with thorns, with which ungrateful men pierce me at every moment by their blasphemes and ingratitude. You at least try to console me and say that I promise to assist at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation." All those who on the first Saturday of five consecutive months shall confess, receive Holy Communion, recite five decades of the rosary, and keep me company for 15 minutes while meditating on the 15 mysteries of the rosary, with the intention of making reparation to me. Okay, and continuing to say the rosary every day. Oh my goodness, it's time we comfort our Lady of Sorrows. Take this to prayer, and maybe you can incorporate this in your day. Maybe you can read Sister Lucia's book, uh, which is... Where is it here? I can't find it on on this page. Calls from the Message of Fatima? And of course, you've got St. Alphonsus Liguori's book, which is The Glories of Mary. Let's give Mary the reparation and the love and the meditation and the prayers that so many are not giving her. Let's meditate on the pains and the sorrows that she had. Let's also benefit and receive those beautiful promises and graces because this is a war. It's a spiritual battle and we really need Mary's help. And Jesus gave her to us, especially for our help. So let's help pull some of those thorns out of her heart and give her a little bit of comfort through our prayers to Our Lady of Sorrows. And you can go look you know, how to pray it. There's beautiful devotions. I have the relevant radio app on my phone. And there is an incredible audio prayer, which actually meditates um, on each one of the sorrows. It's really beautiful. So maybe you can think about doing this and consoling our lady who did so much for us. If it wasn't for her, yes, her fiat. Where would the world be? All right, everyone. Sorry this is so long but it was really it really talk about touching my heart. I I'm I'm going to be doing the Our Lady of Sorrows every single day. It's well worth it. And the rosary. All right. I love you all. Let's grab Mary's hand and Sorry, I've got someone calling me at this moment. Let's grab Mary's hand and walk with her. Love her and Ask her to guide us and protect us. Those promises are beautiful. Okay, I love you so much. Have a blessed and inspired day.